we're starting this week. Uh, this week is uh, not starting. Last week started. Uh, finishing our series, uh, Who You Bring In. I forgot my frisbee over here. Um, how many of you guys have a dog? Anyone have a dog? Someone has two dogs? You guys got a dog? Uh, how many of you guys play fetch with your dog? Anyone play fetch with your dog? Just one? Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a dog. I have a German short hair pointer. Uh, he's a good dog. And uh, he, likes to, he likes to retrieve things. Yeah, his name's Cooper. Uh, I should have brought a picture. I didn't even think about it. Um, if you want a picture, I have it on my phone. You can see it later. I'll look it up while I'm talking. Uh, look, it's on my background. Um, there he is. You can see from far away. All right, so that's Cooper. He, uh, he loves to play fetch. He loves to uh, retrieve. He's a hunting dog. And so uh, every once in a while, I actually was going to bring his bumper, but I forgot. Uh, he, I have this bumper, this orange bumper that he likes to like, go get and bring back. Um, so what I do with him is he'll, like, I'll make him come, and I'll make him sit next to me. Okay, and he's got the bumper in his mouth. I make him pick it up, and then he walks over. He sits next to me. I tell him to give it to me. I take it, and then I tell him to stay, and then I just throw that thing as far as I can. And when I throw it, what does he want to do? He wants to run and get it, right? He wants, like, he's, he's like, going after it. Like, that's all he wants. He's focus, his focus is completely on that thing right there, right? Well, because he's a hunting dog, I, like, have been training him to, like, listen and not go until I tell him to go, right? So, uh, so I'll throw the bumper, and then I'll tell him, like, he, I'll make him stay. I, make it, I won't let him go, uh, you know, like, give him a little hit in the face or something, or, yeah, like, beat him a little bit. Get him, like, give him a big shock, like, make him wear a shock collar. Shock him. Sometimes it knocks him over. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad, but I do shock him. Um, all right, so no, so I like make him sit there until uh, I let him go, until I say I, I say he can go. So sometimes when he's like super anxious, when he's so like so like captivated by the thing that I just threw, like he'll sit there and he'll he'll like squirm a little bit. Like he'll like he can't sit still. Like he wants to get up. Like he'll stand up and then he'll sit down and then he'll lay down on the ground and put his face on the ground, or he'll like come over and put his face like on my knee, like telling me to hurry up, like like go like this, right? Like and sometimes he'll like whimper. Because because I'm taking too long to tell him to go, right? Like, he'll, he'll, he'll freak out. He doesn't know what to do with himself because I just threw this thing, right? And he, and he wants to get it. He's so captivated by this thing that he can't help himself. All he wants to do is to go get this bumper, right? I mean, that's his job. That's what he wants to do, and he wants to do it well, right? And so finally, you know, I'll say his name. I'll say Cooper, and he'll take off running. He'll go get it, and he'll bring it back, and he'll you know, put it in my hand and come sit and do the same thing. We'll do it all over again. Do it for like, you know, 20 minutes every day. But, but he loves to do this. And, and he's captivated by this thing. When I throw it, like if I just threw it like this, I almost, I actually almost thought about like bringing him be, just to see like how like crazy he gets. But, uh, but if I were to throw it, man, he would be freaking out. He'd probably be freaking out because you were all here and probably want to attack you. But, you know, not in a mean way, just like fun, loving, like, lick you in the face kind of way. Anyway, so he's so in awe, his attention is all in this one place, right? And tonight I want us to talk about this idea of being captivated, this idea of being all of our attention being in one place, and, and are captivated by Christ. And, and we all know what this word means, captivated, uh, that, that we, we, don't, we might not know the definition, but we've, 
we've experienced it before, right? Captivated just means to take all of your attention, to, to be in awe of something, right? Uh, how many of you guys have ever been captivated by a TV show? Probably a lot of us, right? Like, like the, an example is like um, Stranger Things, right? Stranger Things. How many of you guys seen it? Yeah? You watch the TV show and you feel like you're a part of the TV show, right? Like you feel like you're in it, you're, you're with it, and then when it ends, what happens? Yeah, you're sad because it's over. Like you feel like a part of you is dead because you're like, the show just ended. Like that, that was like, I was in the show, I was a part of the show, I was part of their family, right? Like I was, I don't know, what's the guy's name? Dustin's, I was Dustin's buddy, right? One of them. Yeah, you get it. Right? This is what happens with movies too, right? This is what movies and TV shows, that, that's what they want to do, right? What, what would happen if I walked in here the day after the Avengers movie, the Endgame? If I walked in here the day after and I, said, and I told you what happened at the end of the movie, how angry would you be if you hadn't seen it yet? You'd be pissed, right? You'd be so angry and people got death threats because they were so angry. Why? Because they were captivated by this movie, they, they, they all their focus and their attention was on this movie. They wanted to see it, right? This is what I'm talking about when it comes to being captivated. Some of us, we get captivated by people, right? Like singers or, or celebrities, right? Girls, like some of the guy, like guys, celebrity, uh, I can't even think of who it was like. Zach Efron? Still? Isn't he like weird? I, uh, huh? What'd you say, Bill Nye? <laughs> Definitely not Bill Nye. Oh, my. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any of the... Tom Holland? You guys like Tom Holland? He's a good actor. Uh, guys, who are some girls, like celebrities, that you're crushing on? They don't even answer, and they're too afraid. Too afraid. I don't know who that is. All right, but you get the point, man. We are, we're so captivated by people, right? So captivated by things, so captivated, so in awe by things. And, and when we are, we can't help but tell people about them, right? We can't help but go and tell people, man, I, 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 I watched this TV show and it's awesome and you should go watch it. And I'll watch it with you. In fact, I'll watch the whole thing over again because it was so, so good, right? Or, or the movie, I saw Avengers like two or three times just because I, I wanted, I loved the movie. I wanted to see it over and over and over again. I'll probably buy it soon when I get the money for it, right? Because I love that movie. We're captivated by these things and so we want to tell people about them. And tonight I want to talk to us about uh, this idea of who you bring in. This, this, uh, we're talking about this idea of evangelism, right? AJ kicked us off last week by talking about what is evangelism and what it's not. Um, and, and I want us to see that, man, that, that when we're captivated by Christ, we can't help but share with other people. That if we have a problem, if we see a chance to tell people about Jesus and we, we back off because we're too afraid, Man, I would argue that, that we don't really know and trust in the gospel. I would argue that, that if, we, if we back off because we're, we're, we're too afraid of what people think or, or, or we're, too, we're too scared of how people would think about us, then, then, then I would argue, man, that, that we're not captivated by who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so my hope for us tonight is that that can change. That we, can, that we can see what the God, who, who Jesus is and what the gospel is and how it's really good news and how we can trust and how we should share. Last week we read this verse in 1 Corinthians. Uh, we'll start off with this. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. 
For just preaching the gospel isn't any special credit to me. He says, I couldn't keep from preaching it even if I wanted to. I would be utterly, what does that say? I would be utterly miserable. Woe unto me if I don't. Paul says, look, man, if I, if, if I don't share the gospel, if I don't share the gospel, man, I would, I would be hurting inside because I'm so captivated by it, because I'm so captivated by who Jesus is, because I'm so focused and in awe of what Jesus has done for me that I can't help but tell people. I can't help it. See, Paul wasn't always like this. You guys, if you know the story of Paul, what was his name before? Saul, right? His name was Saul. And in fact, Saul, before he became Paul, he, he, he did the opposite of what he says he, he can't help but do. He hurt people who told people about Jesus. He told pe- people who, who proclaimed the name of Jesus, people who believed in Jesus, he took them and he either killed them or he threw them in prison. And so he was doing the opposite of this. And one day, while he's carrying this, this, this letter to this town to, to, tell the, to take these Jesus followers, to take them and throw them in prison, he has this letter that says, you can do this. He has permission to go and take these Jesus followers and throw them in prison. And so he's walking on this road with this letter in his hand, and all of a sudden, this light, this bright light, kind of like these lights are bright, really, that's why I'm glad I'm wearing a hat, right? These light, this light comes down and shines in his face, and all of a sudden, he's blinded. And, and the voice comes from it and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you hurting me? It's Jesus, and Jesus tells him all the, all the things about himself, and, and, and he says, listen, stop hurting me. Stop persecuting me. Stop hurting my people. And so he tells him, hey, go into this town, and, and all this stuff happens, and, and, and this guy comes. To, Paul is blind because of the light, and, and this guy comes to heal him. And when he comes to heal him, it's, it's interesting. He says something, something like scales fell off of his eyes. Something like scales. You guys know what's like, like from a snake or a, what, what else has scales? A dragon, a lizard fish, right? Something like scales fell from his eyes. And that sounds gross, but here, here's what I want you to see from this. Paul, right after that, the Bible says that immediately. It, does immediately mean, okay, in five minutes? Does immediately mean, when, when, you're, when your parents say, hey, I need you to take the trash out like, trash out like right now, immediately? Does that mean like, okay, like in 10 minutes? No, that means like right now, right? And so the Bible says that immediately he went and told people about Jesus. He couldn't help himself. His eyes were open. The scales fell off of his eyes. And he couldn't help but share about who Jesus was. He was so captivated, so in awe of who Jesus was. And he couldn't help but share. It changed his life forever. Guys, I'm convinced that a lot of us, our eyes are shut. We have these scales on our eyes. Some of us don't really understand what the gospel is. Some of us don't really understand that it's really good news. Some of us maybe have grown up hearing the gospel. Maybe we come to church on Easter and we know the story, right? We know what Jesus has done for us, but, but we don't live like we believe it. We don't live like we're captivated by it. And so again, my hope is that we, that can change tonight. Here's your first fill-in. And this is a question I want you guys to be asking yourself. Is it really good news? Is it really good news? 
Do you really believe that it's good news? The gospel, gospel just means good news. So is it good news? Yeah, because that's what a gospel is, right? But what I want you to ask yourself is if you believe that it's good news. If you trust that it's good news. Because if you do, then you should share If your response is any different than Paul running and immediately telling people about Jesus, man, then I'm convinced that you don't actually believe it's good news. Let's look at what he says in Philippians. Sorry, got a piece of ice. He says this, as citizens of heaven, circle that for me, citizens of heaven on your outline, as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel, underline that. Live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. Not frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, guys, listen, he's talking to this church and, and he's saying, listen, I don't really need to come see you because if I knew, because I, I can see that you believe in Jesus. I can see that you believe that this is good news by the way that you act. And he's saying, listen, I, I can come see you. I want to come see you, but I don't have to because I know that you believe it in the way that you act. He says, listen, live your life worthy of the gospel. Live your life like you believe it's good news. And it's good news worth sharing. So are, are you living like you believe it? That's the question. Are you living like you believe it? Let me ask you something. How many of you guys think uh, you could beat me in arm wrestling? Wow, that's more than I thought. How many think you could beat me in arm wrestling? Okay. Chris, you think you could beat me in arm wrestling? No, it's not an I don't know question. It's a yes or no question. You think you could do it? Yes or no? Alex, you think you could do it? All right, let's see it. Come on. Let's see it. Give it up for Alex. All right, Alex. Let's see it. Now, hold on. If Alex just sat there and he said, yeah, I can beat you in arm wrestling, but then when I said, hey, come, let's see it, and he just sat there and said, actually, never mind, just like Chris did, does he actually believe he could beat me if he just sat there? No. Does Alex believe he can beat me? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe he might just be lying because he thinks he's funny. All right, Alex, you ready? Can we do like, oh, we can't do I would give it my left hand. And, all right, you ready? All right, we need a countdown or something. job, Alex. See, he believed, but he couldn't, right? Jake, you believe you could beat me in arm wrestling? All right, Jake, let's see it. I think Jake can actually beat me, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, Jake, we got to put our arms behind our, uh, behind our back. Is that how it works? Anyone know? Anyone watch, like, arm wrestling champion? You have to hold the table? I feel like you could, like, pull. One hand on the table? Okay, so the other one's behind your back. All right, here we go. You ready, Jake? No. 
Bro, you got to, like, put your elbow, like, back a little bit. All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. Get, count us down. I thought he was going to get me. Dang. Oh, now I'm sweating. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. All right. <laughs> nice job, Jake. That kind of hurt my arm. Uh, um, all right. So what was the point of that? The point of that was, man, if it, it, just like when Chris said, I believe I can beat you. I can't even lift my arm now. It kind of hurts. When Chris said, look, sorry, Chris, but just using an example, uh, but when Chris said, hey, I believe that I can beat you, but then he didn't act on that belief, did he actually believe? No. He didn't know. <laughs> Chris, I'm not bullying you. Thanks for being our example for tonight, Chris. I'll use another example. Here, think, think about it this way, okay? Uh, I, I go to the gym over here at GB3. You guys know what I'm talking about? GB3, that's like right across the street. Okay. I do whatever I can at the gym, whatever I can, to avoid going into the locker room at all costs. No matter what, I avoid completely going. Jake's smiling because he thinks, I think he knows what I'm talking about. I avoid whatever, like I, I do not go in the locker I hate going in there. The reason is because there's usually old guys that like walk around butt naked. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you, okay? Sorry if that's too much information, but seriously, like they don't even, they have no care in the world. Not like they don't have underwear on. They don't have a towel around. They don't even have a towel in their hand. They just walk around like, hey, they're not changing. Like they just walk. Like it's disgusting, right? Okay, so I do whatever I can to avoid walking into the locker room at GB3. But yesterday, I had to pee so bad, okay? I had to go to the bathroom so bad that I was going to pee my pants, all right? I was like on the, tre- I don't even remember what I was doing, treadmill, something, and I, like, I was, I, I was like, I can't do this. I can't go, into, I'm just going to go home. Like, I can't go into the locker room. I was probably only there for, like, 10 minutes. Like, I, I, I have, was doing whatever I could to just avoid going in there because I knew what was going to happen if I did, right? And so I did whatever I could to avoid going in there. But, but eventually, like, my bladder was going to explode. I was getting, like, the cramps. You know what I'm talking about when you hold it in for too long? And so I walked into the locker room. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep my head down. Like, I got my hat on keep my head down. I walk in, turn the corner, sure enough, old dude, butt naked, walking around, like, luckily I was just like, oh my gosh, so I just kept going, you know, went to the bathroom. Here's my point, this is, might be a weird uh, uh, um, illustration, but the point is, guys, that listen, if we want it bad enough, if we believe in it bad enough, man, then we have no problem walking into a locker room with old uh, naked, <laughs> right? Like, again, it might be a weird but you get the point, right? And when we believe in it, when we know it's good news, and then we should act on it. Then we should stand up and say, I believe in it, and tell other people about it. Man, is it really good news? So what do we do? First thing we do, daily preach the good news to yourself. Daily preach the good news to yourself. And every day, Every day when you wake up, you go to school, you do your homework, you go to sports practice or whatever you do, do you consider the gospel? 
Do you consider Jesus? Do you even think about who he is? Do you ever think about the fact that he's alive right now? Do you ever consider that? Do you ever think about the truth and the power of what Jesus did for you? Do you let it, like, inform every decision that you make? Or do you just forget about it? And so every day, we need to remind ourselves of what the gospel is. And so what is the gospel? There's this story. There's a story of a father and a son. Story of a father and a son. And this father and this son, they, they did everything together. They, they were close. They trusted each other. They loved each other. They, they, they did everything. Like, like normal father-son things, right? Like, like he taught him how to ride a bike. He, he taught him how to play catch. They played baseball. They, they, they did everything together. They went fishing. Imagine this father and son spending all the time together. They talked with each other. They prayed together every single night. They trusted each other and loved each other so much. And one day, one day the son sees something he wants. And he sees this thing that he wants and, and, he's, and he's taken by it. He's, he wants it so bad that he has to have it. That he has to do everything he can to get it. And so first he goes to his father because he trusts his father and he loves his father. And, and, and he asks his father, hey, father, can you get this for me? Can I have this? And the father sees what he wants, and, and, and he hears what he wants, and, and, and the father knows what's best for him. And so he says, son, that's not good for you. I can't give that to you. Son, son I know what's best for you. He does what he can to explain to, to his son that, listen, I know I want nothing but the best for you. And he says, listen, don't trust in that thing, but trust in me. And so the father walks away, but the son, the son is so, uh, his focus is only on getting this thing. He thinks that it's going to fulfill every need that he has. When in reality, his father's already done that. But, 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 but he sees this thing, and all he wants is this thing. And he's stuck on it. And so one night, in the middle of the night, he wakes up. It's quiet. It's dark. Everyone's asleep. He sneaks out of his room, and he walks into the kitchen, and he sees his father's wallet sitting there on the table. And he picks up the wallet, and he sees a $20 bill. And he said, this is going to get me what I want. I want this thing. I have to do whatever I can to get it. So he takes the $20 bill from his father, breaking that trust. In that moment, that one decision, breaking the trust and love that they had built. So the son takes the $20, puts the wallet back, only to find out the next day that, that, that when, when he gets the thing he wants, it's not really what he, what he thought he wanted. And so he thinks he needs more. He needs more of it. And so the next night, he does the same thing. It's quiet, it's dark, everyone's asleep. Sneaks into the kitchen. There's more money in his father's wallet. And pretty soon, this becomes a habit. Every once in a while, 
I have to have this thing. And so, so $20 turns into, turns into $50 and turns into $100. Pretty soon he's, he's taken hundreds and hundreds of, of dollars from his father and lied about it and, and told his father, no, that's not me. And he's broken his father's trust because he has to chase after this thing. Finally, when the father decides to sit him down, he sits him down finds out what he was doing. And they're sitting face to face. Father says, son, have you been stealing from me? And the son, he knew he'd been caught. He knew he had no other choice. He knew what was coming. The punishment, the shame, the guilt. So he looks down and he's ashamed of what he'd done. He says, yes. And the father, the father's flooded with memories of, of, of them going fishing and, and, and playing catch and teaching him how to ride a bike, praying together at night. And he's heartbroken because his son had just betrayed his trust. His son had just broken the relationship that, that, that the father, that's all he wanted. Father had given him everything that he ever needed. And yet the son chased after something that wasn't lasting and broke the relationship. And so the father knows that, that, that what any normal family, what any normal father would do is punish their son. What any normal family would do is, is, is punish the son, ground them, spend whatever the punishment is, but, but there would be some kind of punishment. And the son knows, man, there's some kind of punishment coming. And so the father, think old times, takes his belt. He takes off his belt. And the father looks at his son. And he says, son, I love you. I care about you. You broke my heart by what you did. But he says, son, I, I love you so much and I care about this relationship so much that I want you to take this. Take this belt. And I want you to give me the, the punishment that you deserve. And so the father takes on the punishment that the son deserved. The son broke the trust. They broke, he broke the relationship. And the father says, I will take it for you because I love you and because I want to restore this relationship. As you, you know that this is what Jesus did for you. This is what Jesus has done for you and me. Jesus willingly was perfect, never did anything wrong. And yet he walked into being beaten, into being whipped with a whip that went across, when it went across his back and was whip, ripped off, flesh and, 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 and skin came with it. 
He had a crown of thorns shoved onto his head so that blood was dripping down his face. He was mocked. He was spit on. And then they picked him up, tied him to the crossbeam of, of his own cross that he was going to be crucified to. And they tied him to it and said they made him walk up the hill to where they would crucify him. And you know, they would tie his arms to the crossbeam because if he tripped, there was nothing to catch himself. He'd fall flat on his face. It was humiliating. It was painful. And when they got to the top of the hill, they would take him and they'd lay him down and they'd put nails through his wrists because that's the only place that would hold him up. And then they'd put him up on the cross. And, and it wasn't the nails, it wasn't the, the crown of thorns, it, it wasn't the beatings that killed him. It was being suffocated, gasping for air. And you know what he said with one of his last breaths? With one of his last breaths, he says, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing. He looks at the people who put him on the cross and he says, I love them and I care about them and they are the reason that I'm doing this. So there he dies. He's taken off the cross. Guys, but the reality, the good news of the gospel comes three days later. The reality of the gospel, of the good news, is that Jesus didn't stay there. Is that Jesus didn't just take on our punishment, he defeated our punishment. He went to the grave and said, nothing can defeat me. And when we have him living inside of us, nothing can stop us. Jesus proved his love for us that while we were running from him, while we were sinning and hurting him, he died for us. And he proved that nothing can separate us from his love because he defeated death. Do you believe this? Do you believe that this is good news? Guys, every day, every single day, daily preaching this good news to ourselves. Recognizing that this isn't just a reality of one moment in time, but this is something that changes and should change our life every single day. When we daily preach the good news to ourselves, when we daily remind ourselves of what Jesus has done for us, our lives are changed. And remember, like Paul, we can't help but tell people. The only, the only response that makes sense is to run and tell my friend that doesn't know. When we're captivated by the gospel, we can't help but share. And so daily preach the good news to yourself. The second thing you can write this in, and then we're going to be done is that we need to walk in surrender. 
walk in surrender. Every day we choose to think about the reality of what Jesus did for us. And we choose, we choose to see that that Jesus chose surrender for us. That Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said he knew what was coming, the, the pain, the hurt. He knew the excruciating death that he would die. And so on his knees, he says, Father, please take this from me. Please don't let me have to do this. But then he says, but not my will be done, yours. That's what surrender looks like. Saying, not my will be done, but yours. This is what we need to do each and every day. So when we say who you bring in, when we ask you, man, what what are you doing to tell people about Jesus? What are you doing to bring people with you? The first thing that we need to do is we need to ask ourselves once again, is it really good news? Is it really good news? Do we believe it? And do we act like it? Or do we sit down And let fear hold us down. You don't have to let fear hold you down. Jesus defeated death so that you didn't have to. Ask ourselves each day, is it really good news? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the reality of what you've done for us. Jesus, thank you for your gospel. That you defeated death. Jesus, that you took on our punishment and you defeated our punishment, that nothing can hold us down. Jesus, I pray for those of us that that have never surrendered our lives to you. And will we make the decision to do that tonight? Would our eyes be open to who you are and what you're about? And would we be so captivated by you and your gospel that that we can't help but tell other people. Jesus, be with us. Give us the strength, the boldness to walk with you and walk in surrender. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, guys. You guys are free to go. Make sure that you check out the resources and the things back there. There's lots of uh, good stuff. Grab it. Get a shirt, too. Anyone buy a shirt tonight yet, Bradley? Buy a shirt.